0: Learn more at marines.com. This is Calvin Austin. You're listening to Player Profiler. Week five. It's going to be a little bit of a different show tonight. Digging through the bullshit and realizing that you should not be quitting on these players so freaking fast. Injuries happen. Situations happen. Schedules happen. All of these things matter when you're talking about fantasy football, when you're talking about the NFL, when you're trying to win fantasy games week in and week out. Situations are situational. Everything goes into it. It's not all about, oh, I'm right. Oh, I'm wrong. Oh, look, these guys are dead. The most disappointing players, I see this list going on Twitter, the most disappointing players in fantasy this year are Matthew Stafford, Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney. Matt talked about this earlier this week on a couple different shows where we should have maybe not targeted certain players and certain offenses because we knew the offenses were going to suck. Darnell Mooney, for example. Well, what about... The fact that we knew this was a new offense, Justin Fields is with a new offensive coordinator in year two. Darnell Mooney is going to get the opportunity. Darnell Mooney is also going to be covered very heavily. They haven't thrown the ball nearly as much as they should, but maybe that's not their tactic, right? Maybe the tactic for the Bears has been run the ball. You look at the standings right now in the NFL, the Chicago Bears are two and two right now. The Chicago Bears are just a game of the playoffs right now, running the ball because that's what they're best at so far here in 2022. I'm not saying that we were, you know, this is covering up the fact that we were wrong about Darnell Mooney or anything, but you need to take multiple things into account because Allen Robinson was on a good offense. Rashad Bateman's on a perceived to be good offense, but a run first offense. A lot of people wanted to put this Rashad Bateman, big boom breakout season. Like it was going to be some Allen Robinson year two shit where he was going to go for 1400 yards and a dozen touchdowns and, Lamar Jackson's going to win MVP. This team's good. Now we see another injury for Rashad Bateman. He had the groin injury he dealt with last year. Now it looks like an ankle injury, possibly a Liz Frank. Andrews is the dude. Dobbins is back. Lamar is Lamar. Duvernay is catching the touchdowns. I just think we're too quick to quit and we're too quick to jump on the bandwagon. And this is something People. Some people talk about Some people talk about this and and, and understand it and, and kind of talk themselves through the process. It's like quitting on a player. You never quit on a superstar prospect, like a J.K. Dobbins, for example. He comes back from that knee injury. He mocks some people on Twitter going through the process. Never quit these guys. Justice Hill comes back. He had 22 snaps to this last weekend, 8 carries to 45 yards. Had 4 more rushing yards than J.K. Dobbins, who had 5 more carries and 11 more snaps. Now, Hill goes out with a hamstring injury, could have been a bad, It was a, he escaped a bad knee injury with just a hamstring, missed practice Wednesday, Dobbins missed practice Wednesday with a chest injury as well as Bateman with that foot, possibly a Liz Frank. Let's do the rundown here quick though, before we do, make sure you go over to underdogfantasy.com today, make sure you jump in, in all the pick'em games. They got season-long, they got weekly, they got daily, they got all of it over at underdogfantasy.com. Today, use that promo code UNDERWORLD to jump on in, get a deposit match bonus up to $100. Make sure you tap it into the PropCast on Fridays. This last week, I went 4-1. Dario, the week before, was 3-1. We're staying hot every single week on the PropCast. That's where you can get the best props, generally on Underdog, because the lines are sometimes a little skewed and different than the big sports books. The rundown here, Jamison Crowder's injured. So that naturally ups Isaiah McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie had a concussion, said he got hit harder than he's ever been hit in his life. Naturally, that brings up Khalil Shakir. If Gabe Davis is not 100%, which he doesn't look like he's 100%, it's going to elevate Shakir, it's going to elevate Dawson Knox, and it's also going to elevate Devin Singletary even more. You saw he had 10 targets a couple weeks ago, amassing all these targets. Singletary is becoming what people wanted out of Najee Harris. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. So, Najee Harris is on pace for 50 fewer targets than he had last season. And then even, in, even with a quarterback like Josh Allen that's run-based, is still getting those targets. The natural progression of, of losing opportunities around you like a McKenzie, like a Crowder, is going to get more targets. Patterson on IR for the Atlanta Falcons. Naturally, that puts up Tyler Algier. He's been running in this offense the most. We'll talk about this offense down here in a couple minutes. It's going to be one of the, the feature teams we talk about tonight, then Avery Williams, then Caleb Huntley. We've talked about Avery Williams the last, I don't know, three shows here. Avery Williams is now going to be the satellite guy, continue to be the satellite guy, I should say. He's gotten work. He's going to continue to get work. I don't see Huntley being a big, big deterrent of either of Algier or Avery Williams. Monroe St. Brown day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month. We'll see what happens. Detroit looked good without him. They activated Tom Kennedy today. Today they activated him to the active roster for good. T. Higgins did not practice Wednesday with an ankle injury. Mike Thomas, not the Michael, Mike Thomas looks to be the guy that's going to kind of elevate into the starting lineup. However, it doesn't really matter. It's Boyd, it's Chase, and you're going to damn sure keep hammering Hurst. Right? We, we had Conklin as a guy we added. We had Hurst as a guy we added. We had Logan Thomas as a guy we added, and then, of course, Juwan Johnson, who did have a couple catches this last week. But Hurst is a guy you have to be having on your roster. Traylon Burks in Tennessee, turf toe, looked worse, looked like he possibly broke his ankle. Turf toe, he'll be out a couple of weeks, hopefully only a couple, and then he can get back to where he was uh, elevating this team. Kyle Phillips does return. Kyle Phillips should get the elevated role as well as Nick Westbrook. We just talked about Rashad Bateman. Feels like a Liz Frank injury. Demarcus Robinson is the deep donkey here, but it's just going to be more likely and more Duvernay. Brian Robinson for the Washington Commanders is back at practice and activated. Looks like he will make his debut this Sunday against Tennessee Titans. Kelvin Austin is back on the practice field for the Pittsburgh Steelers. His window is open. His 21-day window to activation is open for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kelvin Austin, remember, master separator, speed demon. He should... Get some opportunities here with Kenny Pickett in this Pittsburgh offense. We'll see what happens. They should be able to use him all over the formation, jet sweeps, kind of how everyone envisions using Chase Claypool. But I hope we see Calvin Austin come in here and, and kind of kick Chase Claypool into gear because Calvin Austin is a special talent. He can separate like a mother. And, and I just I, I, I love Calvin Austin through the process. Tyquan Thornton, speed demon himself, 4.2240 yard dash, return to practice today for the New England Patriots. Should be ready for Sunday whether it's Zappi, whether it's Hoyer, or whether it's Mac Daddy-Jones, he was limited today, Mac was. But Tyquan Thornton should be back this weekend. Let's dive into a couple of teams here. The Tampa Bay tight ends. Uh, Cameron Bright had a concussion. He had 21 snaps in this game. Cade Otten actually had 39 snaps, four targets, three receptions, 29 yards. The rookie out of Washington, uh, the rookie tight end you should be paying attention to right now, is Cade Otten. And then after that, it's Ko Keef is a blocking guy, an H back type, a a, check, a bigger, I should say, a bigger use check type um, from the Minnesota Gophers. That's now down there in Tampa. If Bright misses time, which it looks like he might, it'll be Otten. It'll be Keefe. And then Kyle Rudolph is a bewildering one to me because he's continued to be inactive week after week after week. Despite like, I don't think he's dust. I don't know if he's banged up or what. But right now, it's Otten. It's Keefe. If Bright is out and then potentially Rudolph, if Rudolph is activated, I think Rudolph is going to be pushed into a role. But all the wide receivers in Tampa were back at practice uh, yesterday. Uh, Evans, Gage, Julio was back at practice in limited fashion, and Chris Godwin was back as well as Cole Beasley retiring. So hopefully it sounds like these guys are all healthy. I think they came in fifth in sportsbook odds to land Odell Beckham. I think also was the... New Orleans Saints, the Los Angeles Rams, the Packers, and I thought the Bills came off of the list, but I'm not quite sure. Von Miller brought that tweet up today. The Baltimore backfield now is a big feature topic. Gus Edwards is back at practice today. His window is wide open coming off that ACL injury. He's back, and he looked jacked as fuck. He looked big as shit. He looked 230 pounds, but a brick shithouse. Maybe 220 just because he's muscles Weighs well, more than fat. I don't know. He's he's big motherfucker. It's all point is Justice Hill, like I said, escaped a bad knee injury. Dobbins, Hill, Bateman all out today. If they had to play a game today, it looks like it might have been Mike Davis that actually started the game. I'm not sure if Gus plays this weekend. We got to play that one by ear, but it sounds like Dobbins is a chest injury. Hill has a, ha- a hamstring injury. Hill had 22 snaps, Dobbins 33. Mike Davis had two in this game. Be interesting to see. You pay attention to this one as the wire comes down. At the wide receiver position, like we talked about before, Bateman. I do not expect Bateman to play given the injury. I think this Liz Frank might be a Liz Frank injury, not just an ankle injury. We'll see as the week goes on. Demarcus Robinson were in the second most uh, snaps, 36 snaps, 17 routes, the same amount of routes as Bateman. And DuVernay had 40 snaps and 20 routes as well in this offense. Both All guys fewer than Mark Andrews sixty snaps and twenty nine routes. He is the key cog to this offense. Isaiah Likely again added fourteen routes run, but no targets. I think Likely gets a boost in this offense if you see Bateman miss time, if you see Dobbins Justice Hillius time. Likely they're gonna they're gonna turn more into a three tight end every time. Um, Josh Oliver they're they're pretty much three tight ends already. Josh Oliver eighteen snaps. Isaiah Likely twenty two, and of course Mark Andrews sixty. The guy to own, though, again, Dobbins is there. Gus Edwards might be the guy that's the free one right now. The free guy to add right now is Gus, if you can get him. if, if Some people might have missed the news. Some people didn't. It looked big as shit. It looks like he's healthy. Coming off that ACL, we'll see. I don't know. Dobbins was coming off an ACL. Hill was coming off an Achilles. Edwards is back now off an a- a- ACL. It's a it's a toss-up of a backfield, to be honest with you. Dobbins already being banged up. But I'm still riding with Justice Hill. Hopefully that hamstring is nothing serious. Let's talk about another backfield down south of Baltimore. That is the Atlanta Falcons. Tyler Algier had 10 carries in this game for 87 yards, ran seven routes, had one target, one reception, 20 yards. On a 40% snap share. Cordero Patterson came in, banged up, had a knee injury, 14 snaps, nine carries, no targets, no receptions. Then he goes on the IR right after. I think they knew he probably wasn't 100%, but they forced him out there anyways. Caleb Huntley, 10 carries, 56 yards scored a touchdown in this, gun, in this one and only ran two routes. Huntley feels like, to me, the guy that's going to just be sitting on the sideline waiting for Algier. Algier is going to come into this game. He's going to get a 50%, 60% snap share. And if he needs a couple a breather downs, that's you're going to see Caleb Huntley come in. And if it's second one, third one, they're going to give it to Huntley. That's not going to be an Avery Williams down. Avery Williams, however, was in 13% again, one carry. Uh, he was in the slot. He ran a couple routes. Seven snaps. I think you're going to see Avery be more of a focus in this offense. Again, like I said, punt return, kick return, slot, satellite. Avery's going to continue to be active on this roster. And again, Caleb Huntley is the opposite of a special athlete. He's at 482, 477 at his pro day at Ball State, best comparable to Elijah Holyfield. Huntley's nothing uh, really like he's not going to be a guy that's going to break any slates per se in fantasy. He's not really going to do a lot. He looked good. But again, we'll talk about this in a minute. The offensive line is what is elevating all of these guys. I don't think Algier, Huntley, I don't think either of these guys are special, but this offensive line is very much special. And on Another team, the big dog, Derrick Henry, the Tennessee Titans. He returns this last week, 22 carries, 109 yards on the ground, seven routes, five targets. Seven routes, five targets, three for 33 through the air for the big dog, Derrick Henry, in an ass-kicking of the Indianapolis Colts. The big news out of Tennessee was the wide receiver position, Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks has the turf toe. He ran 26 snaps, ran 14 routes, had three targets, two for 14 this game. It sucks because we've been hammering in on Traylon Burks week after week after week. It looks like it's coming. It looks like it's coming. It looks like it's coming. coming. He's elevating within, like real shit, elevating. And then he gets hurt. It looks like he breaks his ankle. It's actually turf toe. But it looks like Nick Westbrook will elevate. Westbrook had 28 snaps, 12 routes, no targets. Bobby Trees, 30 snaps, 15 routes, 4 targets, 4 receptions, 4 slot routes. I think Robert Woods is the one guy in this passing game you're really going to want. There's a chance Nick Westbrook does something. Kyle Phillips is the free guy. Make sure you're stashing him. He could easily be that Renfro guy. We saw it in the preseason. No reason we can't see it again. I think he's better than Nick Westbrook. I think it goes Robert Woods, Kyle Phillips, Jeff Swain, Hooper, than Nick Westbrook as far as what I would want in this offense. I also think you need to look at Chigo Konkwu, the rookie out of Maryland. Super athlete, the Johnu Smith role in this offense. It looks like he's going to be taking that step forward. So go add Chig Okonkou in all your dynasties right now. In seasonal, it's worth a look, depending if it's tight end premium, depending on how deep you are. He had 26% snap share, 12 snaps. Again, three targets and three receptions on three routes. He was in for three routes. He had three receptions and three targets. Like, Chig is in. Chig's getting the ball. He elevated the opportunities he was given, three for 38. Like, I think he's going to get more opportunities, and you just need to trust that. Now, we're going to talk offensive line here before we finish it out with this one player that's really tilting me, and, and I guess not tilting me, but pissing me off about the fantasy community. But first, let's talk about the offensive line. The offensive line, everyone wants to point to these running backs like, oh, why is this guy having such a good season? Why is this guy sucking? I did a TikTok about this on TikTok. You can type it in player profile or it's on there. The offensive line is the key cog to this whole process in fantasy football. You look at the offensive line rankings on playerprofiler.com right now, Cleveland Browns, Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles, Denver Broncos, Dallas Cowboys, Atlanta Falcons, Jacksonville Jaguars, Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, Detroit Lions. Out of those top 11 teams, only one team in there, San Francisco, has a running back in fantasy. That's not, that's not either in a duo backfield where the duo would combine to be a top five guy or by himself, not a top 15 Jeff Wilson's RB 30, right? You go from top to bottom Cleveland, Nick Chubb, RB two, Kansas city, Clyde Edwards, Lair, RB four, Philadelphia, miles Sanders, RB nine, Denver miles, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams combined RB seven, Dallas Cowboys, Tony Pollard, Zeke, 36 and 37 combined RB five, Atlanta Falcons, Cordero, RB 12, Jacksonville, Robinson, RB11. Chicago, Herbert, RB13. Packers, combined. Jones and Dillon, RB1 by four points. Detroit, off, number 11 offensive line because of injuries, because of being banged up, different situations. Swift is the RB20 right now, total points. Williams, RB6, total points, combined, 33 fantasy points per game. I know there's injuries that have to go in there, but the offensive line is such a key cog in this whole process. And and there's one team here, the Jacksonville Jaguars, that really elevated we introduced these offensive line rankings just a couple weeks ago in the meeting. Everyone's like, why the fuck is Jacksonville and Chicago in the top 10? Like, we know Detroit's going to be up. Atlanta, I guess they spent a lot of first-round picks, second-round picks. Makes sense. Top five still heaty. Atlanta's got one of the best offensive lines. We just talked about this with Algier and Huntley. Denver was number one last week overall. They dropped down a little bit. We could talk about Denver a little bit, too. The Latavius Murray thing, I think, is, is getting overshadowed just to quite a bit. Latavius Murray, I know he's, he's dusty. It's him, it's Mike Boone, it's Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon can't seem to be staying healthy. Latavius Murray coming in off the street last week, 11 carries, 57 yards and scoring 13 and a half fantasy points. Very promising for this exact reason. The number four offensive line in football right now is the Denver Broncos, per me, I play a profiler. A lot of different metrics are going to it. And you can see that run blocking, hurry rate, right, time to throw, um, sacks. There's, there's a multitude of things that go into it. I know there's only a couple things that show on the screen but the Denver Broncos have a great offensive line. RB 31, RB 42 with Gordon and Williams splitting the way. I think Latavius, as long as he stays healthy, is going to be, gonna be a, a guy you can play week in and week out just because his style of run and the style of this offense runs with. Melvin Gordon, as long as he's there, will. Mike Boone, I think, is, is, a, is a bad chalk as far as waiver wires go. But the point, the biggest point about this entire offensive line thing brings me back to one player. And... It's the title of the show, right? Why do fantasy football players quit so fucking easy on these guys? It makes no sense. Let me read off you the first 4 weeks of this player's career. 44% snap share, 24% snap, 30%, 36%. After that, 42, 48, 51 in his rookie season. In that season, he never eclipsed 65% snap share. Now, in that season, he finished as the RB4 on a points per game basis. He was playing with another pretty good back in his backfield. His name was Melvin, Melvin Ingram. The problem with this prospect, his name is Elvin Kamara, is that he got a shitload of receptions. He had 81 each of his first couple seasons. Another running back here in his rookie season, 33%, 64%, 42%, 44% elevated after that. Never crested 70% until week 17. During that season, he finished as the RB eight on a points per game basis. His name is Jonathan Taylor he played with a couple other guys his rookie season. There's another guy right now that's essentially playing in his rookie season because he was banged up last year. He's got eight receptions through four weeks. Yeah, it's not a lot on pace. It's what, 35, 36, but he's playing with another stud, 49%, 35%, 35%, 43, 48 the last three weeks. Now the other guy in his backfield, wow. So you can put these numbers side by side. Rookie has 35%, 43%, 48%. So he's going up 8%, 5%. This other guy in his backfield, week two, 61%. Week three, 59%. Week four, 46%. Their schedules have not been easy. Their schedules have not been easy for this team that has a top 10 offensive line and a couple of studs at the running back position, similar to New Orleans with Kamara and Ingram, similar to Indianapolis with Taylor and Mack. The Jacksonville Jaguars have two studs at the running back position. And we knew ETN was coming off injury. We knew he wasn't 100% most of the offseason. He got to the point where he was feeling 100%. Now he's starting to get more of a snap share. Like I said, week one, yeah, 49%. Look a little fishy. He ran 21 routes, and then they pulled everything back down. Nine carries, 13 routes, 13 carries, 10 routes, 8 and 8. But the snap share, 35, 43, 48, is elevating. He had a higher snap share in week four than James Robinson. They had the same amount of carries. He had twice the routes, and he had a target, and Robinson did not. Robinson obviously scored 2.9 fantasy points where Etienne had 3.2. But, Cody, this this game was, was fucking was, – it was, was, was such a weird game. It was cold. All this shit, eh, Jacksonville got up early, 14-0 on the Philadelphia Eagles. My point is, why are people still talking shit about Travis Etienne? Maybe he was a bad pick in in seasonal, right? We drafted him early. He was getting all the way up there into late second, mostly in the third, some fourth round, fifth round, wherever you got him, depending on when you you drafted. Yes, where he went was bad. But pump the fucking brakes. I see guys cutting D.J. Moore, cutting Tyler Lockett. The conversation is there to cut Travis Etienne. You're an idiot. The number eight offensive line in, in the offensive line rankings right now with a running back that has been has had a similar snap share each of the last few weeks, elevated the guy he's sharing the backfield with. it's come down a little bit. I love James Robinson. Don't get me wrong. Love the small school guys. But Travis Etienne is different. Travis Etienne is a different athlete. 87th percentile college target share. The same exact college target share as Alvin Kamara. It doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me why you would pass on a supreme talent like this with first round draft capital. We see, I mean, I don't love Rashad Penny by any means, but Rashad Penny you just gave him time and now he looks like one of the better backs in, in football. A lot of people don't want to say that because everyone wanted to quit on him right away because he looked like a donkey. Travis Etienne is a hyper-athlete. Travis Etienne is one of the greatest, not one of—not the greatest, but one of the greater college prospects, college players we've seen. I know, Reggie Bush takes cake, RB1, whatever. Etienne had a fucking awesome college career. I don't think you can you can go away from the connection that he had with Trevor Lawrence. I think you need to trust the process. You need to realize that schedules do matter, situations do matter. This team has played great. They got up. They got up early, twenty-four nothing. They beat the Colts twenty-four nothing two weeks ago. They got up on the Chargers. What are you going to do when you get up? You're going to run the ball with James Robinson. Week one, when he got all of his usage, etn, it was the game that they. Kind of went back and forth with Washington. This last week, he got more usage. They lost to Philadelphia. ETN's going to continue to get work. The thing we need to hope for is the shootouts. And when you look down the stretch, Denver at home in Jacksonville. I think that one's in London. Denver in London. Vegas at home. At Kansas City. Baltimore. At Detroit. Dallas. Then you have big games coming down the stretch. Houston. New York Jets, Tennessee. The situations are going to be there. There's shootout situations. There's blowout situations. Both of these guys are going to eat. Do not sell Travis Etienne in fantasy. Don't do it. Don't quit. I've never understood it. Yes, I get it. I'm ranting about Travis Etienne for far too fucking long. But I do not get hating on elite prospects, elite talents, just because we're through four weeks and you're mad as fuck because your fantasy team sucks, it's not all Travis Etienne's fault. I've played multiple weeks with multiple guys that have given me zeros and still won every fucking game. Elvin Kamara in the FFWC last week and won. You can get away with starting Travis Etienne and taking a fucking two or a six. It's not Travis Etienne's fault. Your team sucks. Get better at fantasy football. Stay tapped in. Add Latavius Murray. Don't add Mike Boone. You stashed Avery Williams a few weeks ago. You stashed Tyler Algier a couple weeks ago. You've been here. You've been tapped in. I appreciate all of you guys. Undercovered Ops is out.